0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. According to the flesh, this is the scripture that we that we read when we spoke about surrounded and fight my battles. Right? It says, according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing here, here we go. This is kind of where we're gonna hone in. Bringing every thought captive, or into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Can you read that with me? Can we just say that all together, Bringing, starting from bringing one, two, three, bringing every thought into to the obedience of Christ. One more time, with rhythm, okay? We got enough Latinos here to keep it in rhythm. All right, here we go. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Let's go to now, Romans chapter 7. Uh, a book that is also written by the same author, the Apostle Paul. And it says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it instead. I do what I hate. Anybody been there? But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the law, that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that something good lives in me, or I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. Someone say the flesh. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. Now, this is the second time he says that. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. I love that in the same chapter, in this stream of thought, the Apostle Paul can seek counsel and know that the answer comes here. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. One more scripture, let's go now to Romans chapter 12, same book, it says, and I do not, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me give you the title to today's message real quick, and it's it's this, you don't have to be your worst enemy. Thank you, man. I, I, everybody's going to catch up in a second. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, you don't have to be your own worst enemy. I don't know if you ever heard that term, I'm my own worst enemy, but, but, but I, I came to tell somebody today that you don't have to be your own worst enemy. Again, look at the other person on the other side. Look at the person behind you. Tell them, yeah, you too. You ain't got to be your own worst enemy. Help me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that in these next few moments you will speak to us. We thank you that we can hear you because you have placed your spirit on the inside of us, God. Lord. Because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise in this voice. You don't have to be your own worst enemy. Um, I think that if you've placed your faith in Jesus, right, everybody has something that is called a testimony. Someone shout testimony. Right, I love the testimonies that are in this house, right? I look at I look at the lives here, and and, and some of the lives that I I know here, I know them before they were serving God. Like I know Frank before he was serving God. You know what I'm saying? And Frank doesn't have he has a testimony. Right? Like I know Lisa before she was serving God. And she got a testimony, you know what I'm saying? I look at her every single day of my life and said, The Lord can save you. He can save anyone, right? Praise the name of the living God. All right, I look at the lives here. I know Maylene Miranda. When I met her, she was Maylene Baez. Come on, somebody. She loves John because she gave up Baez for Miranda. I love, and I love it because I, I, I know her before she served the Lord, and I, and I remember the day she gave her life. To the Lord, and I and I see her life now, and I'm like, My God, look what the Lord has done. She got a testimony, right? <laughs> and 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 I remember everybody has that story, that moment where they believe that they have encountered God and they gave them their gave God their heart, and, and they asked God to come into their heart, and and that's what a testimony is, that God has transformed you and. And at the age of 17, I gave my life to the Lord. I placed my faith in Jesus. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I believed him to be a God of my life and ruler of my life. And I began to walk that walk. And I, and I remember at 17 years old, I felt brand new. I felt changed. I felt like I was different. I had encountered Jesus Christ. I had a testimony. I remember the scripture that would say that we are, therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17... Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Behold, I have made a new thing. And I'm like, wow, look at my life. Look what the Lord has done. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I was good for the first week. I'm brand new, 17 years old. What? I am crushing it. I got saved early. I'm good. I'm set. 17... And I'm like, yes, all things are made new. Behold, he's making a new thing. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. And a month passes by, and I'm like, yeah, I'm 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 a new creation. And and I and I'm and I'm a new creation. And old old things, old things. Why are you still here? But old things, aren't they passed away? And I'm just and I'm just looking at my life, and then three months pass why, and I'm like, okay, okay. I am a new creation. All things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Before, all, therefore, all things have been made new. He's doing a new thing. Lord, I am a brand new creation. But, but I'm looking at my life, and I'm like, but why am I still fat, angry, lustful, and I got a corn on my left foot? I'm confused. Right? Like, like have you ever felt like that? Like, you ever felt like, Man, I feel brand new, but then I, I sometimes see so much of the old me in my life. Like, I remember this part of my testimony. This is uh, years. Oh, I'm going to be honest. It was last year. But listen, let's be honest. So last year, we went out to eat with a, with a couple of our family members here at church. And, and that was the first time Zab had gone out to eat with me. And, and, and um, I don't understand what's so funny. But I, but I would like to think that after, after 15 years of serving the Lord, I kind of, I'm finally new. I'm, I'm something, right? And, and, and have, you ever, have you ever been caught surprised by you? <laughs> like, yo, that's crazy. I didn't know that that was in it. I, like, and so, so we go out to eat, and, 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 and years ago, last year, um, this waitress I, 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 I had an issue, and she and and I'm just trying to order some food, right? You ever had a problem just trying to order your food? That's it. You're just trying to order your food, right? Love Jesus, love people, and order some food. What's wrong with that? And so I go, and and she comes. It's my turn. I'm excited. I'm hungry. I want to eat some food. And she says, what would you like, sir? And I said, I was just putting on the order, and I said, hey, this is what I would like. I would like an eggplant, grilled eggplant in in a burrito kind of style, put some peppers. And she goes, no, 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 no. I think she cursed at me. The witnesses said she didn't. But this is my testimony. She goes, no, 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 no. We have a new chef. And the chef cannot make eggplant. And I said, Lord Jesus. And I don't know what came in me. But I looked at that woman. And I know she was a senior citizen. But again, this was years ago. And I said to her, I said, excuse me, ma'am. What is it about taking an eggplant and slicing it in pieces and throwing it on the grill that is beyond your new chef's capacity? Everybody on the table said, they didn't say it, but I heard it. They said, oh, my God, and you're a pastor? And because I read their thoughts, I looked back at them and I said, I think so. I think I am. Am I a pastor? I think so. And I just remember thinking that, and this kind of like has plagued me, you know like the inconsideration sometimes that people have. and I don't know why I was responding that way, but but if you were to tell me... In an example, hey, how would you respond to the situation? I would have been like, man, I would have prayed for them. I would have, I would have led them to Jesus right then and there. But then in that very moment, you respond in a way and you're looking at your life, it's like, yo, I know that I'm new. I know that I've been going to church for some time, but I can't for some reason I, I catch myself by surprise and I keep responding in a way that is the old me. Have you ever been like you're awesome in worship? but you're terrible in the world. Like, I know how to be patient in worship. Come on, somebody. Right? (laughs) Let heaven come. You're in traffic. Hurry up. Right? Like, like, it's like like you're new, but the old you is still there. And you're like, you have this conflict. You have this inner turmoil and... I'm encouraged by reading the scriptures because the scriptures is not about perfect people, but it's about imperfect people that are able to serve a perfect God and receive what God has for them. And I look at the life, come on, I look at the life of Paul, man, and I'm like, yo, I can relate to Paul. Like, I look at Paul's life and and Paul seems to have like this inner conflict. He's like, man, the things that I I don't want to do, the things that I hate doing, that's the thing I do. But the thing that I that I do want to do, the thing that I should do, the thing that I aspire to do, the thing that I know that is in me to do, for whatever reason, that's the thing I don't do. I got this like civil war on the inside of me. I have this conflict on the inside of me. I have this like self-sabotaging uh, 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 agent on the inside of me. It feels like I am my own worst enemy. It, it feels like like... Like, like I can I can win the battle with other people, but if for whatever reason it feels like I can't win the battle within. Like it feels like, like I have this inner struggle that that no matter what happens, it seems like there's something on the inside of me that is self-sabotaging and self-destructing, and, and it's only making me worse. And I feel like new sometimes, but then there's this old thing that I can't get rid of. And 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 I love Paul because because he gives the answer. And let me, let me just be quite frank here. Our message is Jesus Christ. And so every time we step up on this pulpit, I'm going to let you know right now that we're going to show you and we're going to point you to the answer. And it's the same thing that the apostle Paul did in, in, in verse 24. He said, who will deliver me from me? Who's going to deliver me? Oh, that's right. It's Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one that can get on the inside of me to deliver me from me. Your mama can't do that, your papa can't do that, your children can't do that, your coworkers can't do that, but Jesus is the answer and he says he says listen, he says he says he says who will deliver me from me? It's Jesus. Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I came to prophesy today to somebody and let you know that the civil war within you can be over, that the inner conflict within you can cease, that you don't have to self-destruct and you don't have to self-sabotage. There is hope and his name is Jesus. If you believe that with me today, give God a shout of praise in this room. Now, part of the reason If I can teach for a few minutes, part of the reason that we don't understand ourselves and part of the reason why we are in this inner turmoil as believers is because we don't know how intricately and how craftily God has wired humanity. And if you don't understand how God has crafted and and put together and and the tapestry of humanity that God has formed, uh, you'll always be at the receiving blows of life because you don't understand the makeup that you have. And so the way God created every single one of us is, is the trichotomy of humanity. It's, it's this. Uh, we have a, so everybody, everybody say flesh. flesh. Come on, don't be fresh. Say flesh. flesh. Mind. Mind. Spirit. Spirit. One more time. Ready? Ooh, y'all are pretty good. Give yourselves a round of applause. I'll shout to trick y'all. So, so, so let me introduce you to flesh. Is that all right? I, I want to introduce you. This is where, this is how God created us. We all have a flesh. This is the body. This is our physical nature. This is our body. Everybody shout body. All right. This is um, where we experience life. We experience it here. All right? This is part of it. This is how we experience our surroundings. This is our physical nature, right? I hope I'm spelling this right. Is that right, Ruben? Yeah, I got the thumbs up. Come on, somebody. Psych med right there. I mean, psycho. What? Anyway. Anybody shout flesh. This is where we experience life. This is where most of our struggle happens because this is where we have the desires of the flesh. This is, it's in our, it's in our body. This is how we, if, if, if someone physically puts their hands on you, you feel that. So they can, they can physically touch you. This is how you experience life through your senses. And, and this is part of the way God wired you. He, he has each and every one of us have, have a body. This is also where we experience death, right? Like, Physical, we can experience physical death. This is part of the way God created, created us. Each and every one of us will ultimately experience death one day. Right? This is, everybody shout the flesh. And then what we have is the mind. Now the mind is the inner you. This is also known as our soul. This is also where our emotions are. This is also where our will, our personality comes. This is everybody shout mind. And now here's the spirit. Now, now this is different. I, I want to read to you the scripture. It says, Whatever is born of flesh is flesh. But whatever is born of spirit is spirit. See, like, in order for you to experience the spirit, that's why you have to be born again. Because flesh cannot touch the spirit. And so the spirit is something that God has placed on the inside of every single one of us. If you place your faith in Jesus, it's a totally different makeup. This is where God... And blessings come from. Everybody shout spirit. Let me read to you another another scripture. Romans chapter 8 verse 8 and 10. It says, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. And if indeed the spirit of God lives on the inside of you... And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life to your righteousness or of righteousness. And so God's flow, if you will, comes through the spirit. The moment you've placed your faith in Jesus, you're now living by faith. Not by sight. Is everybody catching this? Okay. And so what God does is that the moment you place your faith in Jesus now, he places his spirit on the inside of you. And so what do you experience? You experience life. That's why many times when you're here in this place, you feel more alive than ever because you're not just walking in your senses, and you're not walking with the connection of earth. Everybody shout earth. This is our connection to heaven. And so God's life-giving spirit is now placed on the inside of you for those that have placed faith in Jesus. Now, what happens many times? Many times, because of what we experience here on earth in our body, we never tap into the life source that we have. And so what happens to our mind? Our mind is operating based upon our experiences on earth. Well, what does that look like? That if I'm sick, then my mind recognizes that I'm sick. But if you're not in agreement with what God has done on the inside of you through your spirit, then you'll never flow into your body Or in the flesh, what God has made available to you in the spirit. Now, this is important. Why? Because everything that God does in your life, number one, begins in your spirit. Because Jesus Christ has, the Bible says that the spirit of his son, Jesus, has been placed in you. Therefore, we have the ability to call him Abba Father. Now, how do we call him Abba Father? We call him Abba Father with what he's done in our spirit But now that transfers into our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. And now that's why in worship we can sing to him. Why? Because we are connected to the spirit that has been placed on the inside of us. And so this is important because the moment God saved you, it wasn't your flesh that God saved. What does that mean? It means that when God saved you. You are as pure, whole, holy, anointed, sanctified, perfect, mature as Jesus Christ is. But many times we don't look at this, we look at this. I don't look holy. I don't look sanctified. I don't look whole. I look broken. But God has made it all available to you on the inside of us. This is why, like, God will save you and transform you. But if you was husky before you got saved. All things have been made new. I still husky. Why? Because he has transformed your spirit. He places spirit on the inside of you. This is why when Adam sinned, this is what happened. Disconnection. So he says, "Adam, where are you?" I know where you are physically, but what happened to what I placed on the inside of you? Amen. Adam, where are like where is, where is what I've placed on the inside of you? The disconnection took place. Because he broke God's law. He broke God's word. And so now there is a chasm. There is a gap. There is a a, 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 a gap between the way we were designed, and so everything that God flows. And so, 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 w- w- what did Jesus do? Jesus Christ came in the flesh, so that our minds could be renewed, and He placed the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And now, the Bible calls us the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, in my body, in my life, the Bible says, just in James, it says, just as. The body is dead without the spirit. Faith without works is dead. It's, what is it saying? It's like you're not fully alive until you, got, you have God's spirit dwelling on the inside of you. And so Jesus Christ comes and he places now his spirit on the inside of you. And what does that mean now? That means that now I need to align my life. So if, 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 if this is what our life looks like, I need to align my life... With the spirit of God. And I love it because God doesn't ask you to create anything. God doesn't ask you to fabricate anything. He just says, hey, listen, Adam came in disagreement with the spirit that I placed on the inside of him. I just need you because I've placed it back inside of you. Now you don't have to commit to the desires of the flesh. Now you don't have to self sabotage. Now you don't have to walk in disobedience. Now you don't have to do any things. All you have to do is come in agreement. What does that mean? That if God put a spirit of generosity on the inside of me, I'm going to come in agreement with that. That if God put a spirit of forgiveness inside of me, then I'm going I'm to come in agreement with that. If God put a spirit of peace on the inside of me, then I need to come in agreement. I need to walk in the spirit. I need to walk by faith. I need to walk with what God has already deposited and made available to me. If he placed joy on the inside of me care what the flesh says, I need to come in agreement with what God's word says and what God's spirit says on the inside. I don't know about you, but it's so sometimes I'm just so disconnected from the spirit of God, and I it feels like this reality is the one that surrounds me. Like, God, you, you mean to tell me that I'm blessed, but look at my life. I look a little broke right now i 'm the head and not the tail. look at my body, look at my life, look at my situation look at the look look, look at how I live i'm living by sight and God is saying you've lived a life that has come in agreement so much with the flesh and it is depending on what you do here, what you do here, that determines what happens here. If I become, if I am in agreement always with, with, with my body, with my, so I'm sick, but the Spirit of God says I'm healed, this is now the valve or the bridge that can transport God's healing into my body, depending on what I do here, in my mind, in my soul. So what do I need to do? I need to allow my mind to be renewed. I need to allow my mind to be retrained. Why, because far too long, I've become so used to living here. have Have you ever driven somewhere and you went the wrong place because you're used to making that left when you always make that left? but you were supposed to make a right now in this, in this moment, but you're on autopilot, so you made a left where you always make a left, that's what happens. So you're living with the momentum of the flesh when God has now placed the spirit on the inside of you, and he says, all this is made available for you. All you got to allow it is to channel through your, your soul, your mind, your emotions. But if the enemy could work your emotions... He could shut the valve of how open you are to the spirit. And so you're always stuck in this place. I come to church. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel alive. I feel, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I walk out and I live a defeated life because I take off the spirit glasses. I take off the, the heaven access and I put on the sight. I hope this is helping somebody today. This is helping somebody? So most of our life as believers will be spent in renewing our mind. And so here's the place where it has has access to both worlds. If our body, if the flesh is the point of earth and the spirit is the point of heaven. It's in this place, our soul, that intertwines the two worlds. This is why we can sing songs like, let heaven come, but heaven physically will not appear here on earth. It would only be as clear as your bridge is. Let heaven come, but heaven is here, but the portal in which heaven manifests in the flesh is through what you make and allow and repeat and rinse and recycle here. Is, any, is anybody hearing that today? And so if this is true, then, then we, have to be, we have to be mindful about our mind. We have to be able to think about what we're thinking about. And so the only way we're going to have heaven come to earth is if our minds are renewed. And I said it a few weeks ago that so many of us, we stay stuck in the area which God has delivered us from, but we never walk into what God has delivered us for because our minds have never been renewed. And so we're going to heaven, we've accepted Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, He has placed the spirit of God on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit comes with blessing. The Holy Spirit comes with gifts. The Holy Spirit comes with talents. The Holy Spirit comes with discernment. The Holy Spirit comes with promises. The Holy Spirit seals you. It saves you. It transforms you. It convicts you. It It does it all, but it only flows through how much of your mind has been renewed. If I'm still thinking the, this is why when we talk about forgiveness... Forgiveness is so hard. Why? If you're living in the flesh. I knew I wasn't going to get any amens on that rule. I knew I wasn't going to get nothing. Oh, it's so hard. Why? Because it's by sight. Because I'm still looking at what you did to me. Because I'm still looking at the fact that you offended me. I still look at the fact that you're disrespecting me. I still look at the fact that you you still haven't said sorry. I still look at the fact that you're not even remorseful for what you've done. I still look at everything you've done. But when you're living in the spirit, woo, I'm already ready to forgive you even before you tried to offend me. I didn't give you the end of that testimony. That was a year ago. I've gone to Matrix and I'm healed, set free. My mind has been renewed. Come on, somebody. Where's, uh. Oh, I was about to go there. I was about to go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretentious pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it. Obey Christ. So every thought that the flesh speaks to me, I have to take it captive to obey what God has already done in my spirit. This is why when God's love is so strong on the inside of me, when the thought of unforgiveness comes, when the thought of doubt, like you're never going to be anything. You're never going to succumb to. You're never going to be anything in life. You're, you're always going to be this way. You're always going to be angry. You're always going to be bitter. You're always going to be self-sabotaging. I take that thought and I hold it captive to the obedience of Christ. I say, no, God's love dwells on the inside of me. Therefore, now I can extend that same grace and love to the world and guess what then you begin to experience God, I'm sick I'll, I might have the sniffles but it doesn't mean that the sniffles will have me why because God's spirit dwells on the inside of me and if God's spirit dwells on the inside of me then there's healing that's on inside of me and that healing will flow through my soul and then reach my body can someone say amen in this house amen. Proverbs four twenty-three. it says be careful what you think Because your thoughts will run your life. Hmm. Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The key to spiritual growth begins with your mind agreeing with what your spirit is saying, not your flesh. I love when people think that spiritual maturity comes with how good you use your giftings. But spiritual maturity is actually how well you see the fruits of the spirit in your life. Spiritual growth comes with how much your mind has been renewed. Not how good you can sing. Not how good you can prophesy. The Bible says that the gifts of God without repentance are irrevocable. That means that you could use your gifting and not even be anointed. You could use your gifting and not even, and be, be living in sin. Why? Because the gifts of God without repentance are irrevocable. You can use them, but here's the truth. If you ever want to walk in spiritual growth and spiritual maturity, you got to learn how to renew this. And so every single... Every single day of our lives, every single day, somehow the world, the enemy, our flesh will begin to inject negative thoughts in our mind. And you're going to have to choose to bring those thoughts to captivity or allow those thoughts to take you into captivity. I want to give you this first point. Number one, write this down. The pattern of your thoughts will always lead the path of your life. The pattern of your, look at the person next to you, tell them the pattern of your thoughts will always lead the path of your life. And so the life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. If you change your thoughts, you'll change your life. If our life is out of control, all we need to do is take inventory of our thought life. You can never have a positive life without having, with having a negative mind. And so I, 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 wanna, I wrote it this way. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your, your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so, so the pattern of my thoughts becomes the path of my, my life. Why? Because when you think about something so much, number one, the moment you think about something, it becomes easier for you to think about it again. And so if you have a negative thought, it's important that at the very moment of that negative thought, you need to take it captive before it takes you captive. Have you ever had a thought, and it went from one negative thought to another negative thought, and now, all of a sudden, you went from being sick to planning your own funeral? Why? Because if you don't take your thought captive, your thought will take you captive. The pattern of your thought life becomes the path of your life. And so if we don't take a hold of that, what happens is that we begin to create pathways in our mind. And quickly what begins to happen is that instead of it being a thought, it becomes a way of thinking. And you think about something long enough, it becomes now the way you think. You ever look at people and you say, oh, that's a pessimist. Oh, that person is always negative. You know why? Because they've made enough pathways in their mind to think that way. It's not that I'm having a negative thought. It's now that I'm thinking negatively. And so the way I think about stress, the way I think about money, the way I think about family, depending on the way I think about those things will determine how they manifest in my life. So here, here's an example. If I have a negative thought, like, like give you an example. Every time I'm alone, I need to eat some hot what, dogs. What, what happens? You do that enough you have now a knee-jerk reaction. Why? Because you have created a neuro- neurological pathway in your mind that is now imprinted there. And it says, well, every time I'm alone, I'm going to eat some hagen wow. Have you ever seen, like, anybody make a trail, like a pathway? You ever seen, like, when you walk on grass enough times, it makes a trail? Have you ever seen that? You guys got to walk on grass more often. <laughs> what happens when you walk on grass un- enough times? The first time... It'll probably survive. But you walk on that bad boy enough times. Every time I'm alone, I eat hagen das. Every time I'm alone, I eat hagen das. Oh, oh! Every time, every time I'm I, I feel lust, I'ma go on that internet. Every time I'm lustful, I'ma go watch some porn. Ooh, it's getting real quiet in here. Um, every time I'm alone. I'm going to eat haagen Every time I feel lust, I'm going to go watch porn. Now it's no longer a negative thought. Now it becomes a habit. Why? Because you've created a neurological pathway. Well, every time I worry, I freak out. I start sweating. And you begin to think about that. And you think about that over and over, it becomes just the way you live. And if your thought life is in chaos, your physical body be in chaos. And if your physical body is in chaos your life will be in chaos. All the while, you have the life-giving spirit of God on the inside of you. And all it takes is for your mind to come in agreement with God's word and God's spirit. So if it's true that the pattern of my thoughts become the path of my life, this is why it's so important. Like my, my, my son the other day, Bishop, like, he goes like this. He goes, Dad, I prayed out loud the other day. I didn't even ask him permission to tell this story. But I'm his father. I got to have some father, right, sir? He said, dad, I prayed, I prayed the other day, and I prayed out loud. And I said, wow, ba, congratulations, that's awesome. He goes, yeah, yeah, but it was, you know, he goes, I'm not that type of person. I said, ba, you're 14. You're half a person. <laughs> but notice, notice that we ourselves begin to determine what our limits and what we can or cannot do. And we begin to define our own life based upon us. Well, I'm not that kind of person. I don't what? I don't speak out loud. And all of a sudden, you're not that kind of person. And you will live that for the rest of your life. This is why it's so important as parents that we begin to help our children to train their minds to think a certain way, to be a certain way. Why? Because when I'm my son, when my my son says something, I have to help him retrain his mind. So I said, pa, I said, let me tell you something. Don't limit yourself to what you can be. You might not be that person now. But don't say you're not that person. It's just say, and then he he rephrased it. He said, you know what? Up until this point. Come on, somebody. He says, up until this point, I didn't pray out loud. Why? Because we need to begin to, see, you create another pathway. Well, this is who I am. It's not who you are. It's how you, it's how you, you thought your way that, to there. Because of life experiences. So the flesh spoke to you enough that your mind now is telling you, that's who I am. This is who I am. This is how I think. This is how I is. This is how I be. This is me. And God is saying, no, this is who you are. Let this flow through you. Let my promise flow through you. Let my purpose flow through you. Let my maturity flow through you. Let my healing power flow through you. Let my life flow through you. Come on, somebody. Give God a, p- sh- God a shout of praise in this room. We got life on the inside of us. And so if I, if I allow life to tell me I'm always angry and I'm going to create enough pathways in my brain that this is the way I think. And in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about that, the imprints that we make in our brain, that thoughts are visible, tangible things, imprints in our brain. These are what thoughts are. You can, you can actually view a thought go from positive to negative. You can actually view, it's, it's observable at this point, that you can view a thought go from positive to negative. You can also see a thought go from negative to positive. And so if these thoughts, Things called thoughts are taking up mental real estate in our brain. And if that's the case, then we need to start thinking about what we're thinking about. Like, Like we need to learn how to think about what we're thinking about, in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about MPA, multiple uh, 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 multiple perspective advantage. We're going to talk about those things because it's so important that God has wired us. Hear me. God has has created us so crafty that we are able to step outside of our own thought, look at it, and evaluate it. Do you know the power that God has given you Physically, that we're able to, God wired our mind in such a way that I can have a thought, I can step out of thought, and I can think about the thought that I'm having. You know how powerful that is? Why? Because now, I'm not captured by my thought, but I'm stepping outside my thought. I'm taking my thought captive, and I'm bringing it to the obedience of Christ. (laughs) Oh, this is good teaching right here. As the worship team comes up, I want to end this message. We need to learn how to think about what we're thinking about. And stop allowing our thoughts to take life. And in Matrix, we're going to go through this in depth. I remember Lisa one time, and we were, we were just having a simple conversation. And I remember we had some extra money. And we budgeted that money. And not once did she say at that moment, she said, she said we got to buy our kids this and our kids that, and she didn't mention Bishop or sailor. And I remember I was cleaning my car, and I remember the thought just came in like 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 a like a flaming dart into my thought life. She doesn't love your kids the way she loves her own. <sighs> and what, what began to happen? I sat there cleaning my car and I was like, yeah. Yeah, like we have extra money and we're just going to spend it on her kids. See, because the enemy will give you a thought. And then he'll leave it up to your own way of thinking. To take you down that road and down that wormhole. And next thing you know, divorce is at our doorstep. Just because she doesn't love my kids the way she loves hers. And I remember catching that thought and I said, man, I remember, I I promise you, I remember thinking about this and I said, man, that was you, devil, wasn't it? And I immediately surrendered it to Christ and I called Lisa up. I said, honey, I just want to say something to you. I don't even know why I had this thought because I don't believe that about you. But I had the thought. How many times have we looked at our spouse and had a negative thought? That we don't believe about that. I know she loves me. I know she would give her life for my kids. I know that she would give the world to my kids. But that thought, oh, he don't love me. Oh, did? Awesome. Oh, you smiled at her a little too much. You unfaithful, disrespectful, infidel. Why? Why? Because of a thought. Of a thought of an unrenewed mind. Well, why are you texting so so-and-so on Instagram at 1209 a.m.? And I'm not saying all this is perfect. I'm just saying that the thought has to be held captive. Like don't take don't take a thought of someone texting at a certain time. Address that. Don't let it bring you down the wormhole of infidelity and you're the worst thing in the world and I can't believe. And that's what was happening to me. Oh, I, oh, you don't love my kids. And I called and I said, baby, I want to let you know what just happened. I had this thought and I was going down that tunnel. I said, wow. She goes, baby, thank you for sharing for me. You know what's crazy? Is that we're in a season that your kids have everything. Their closets are full. They got all the clothes that they need. And it was my kids, because they were growing, they were going through puberty, that I thought that maybe we should get them more clothes. (sighs) That's what I believe about her. Does that make sense to anybody? That's what I believe about her. And so let me give you this. Last point, retrain your thoughts. Reroute your mind. Retrain your thoughts. Reroute your mind. I have to, I have to, I have to. I have to stop walking down that trail. Because now it's become a pathway in my life. What was never meant to be a pathway has now become my main highway. So what do we have to do? We have to retrain our mind and our thoughts so that we can create a pathway now to the spirit. And I'm coming in agreement with the Spirit of God. I refuse to walk down that pathway. Temptation comes, I'm not walking down there in that road anymore. I'm not doing that to my brain. I'm not doing that to my life. I'm not doing that to my thoughts. I'm not, I refuse to think about my wife that way. I refuse to think about my kids that way. That's why we train our kids' mind. Don't trust anybody. You don't trust anybody all your life and now they don't trust you like where did they get that from <laughs> yo don't let anybody take you as a punk if somebody smacks you you smack them back we're training their mind i know punk now we don't prepare them for the real battles that they'll have when they're adults because we've trained their brain as a child not realizing that the one that was training them was the child they knew that never grew up but if i retrain my mind and allow the spirit of god and god's word to speak to me and I align myself with God's spirit, and I become one with God's spirit, and if he says, I'm the head, then I'm the head, and if he says that I'm above, I'm above, and he says that I'm prosperous, then I'm prosperous, and, and I need to come in agreement. This is why the word of God is so important, because I don't want to quote TV. I don't want to quote music. I just want to quote what the spirit of God says, and the Bible says that the word of God is spirit, and it's life. What you are reading is not mere words. What you are reading is spirit, and it's life, and so i know need some life here but i'm not gonna get it here i'm gonna get it here and so if god says that i'm loved then i am loved so that i can give love this way if god says that i'm blessed then i am blessed so i can give blessings this way if god says i'm generous then i'm generous and i'm walking down that path and i'm creating new pathways come on if you believe that in this place give god a shout in this room I'm no Lord. Every single one of us has created a pathway. Every single one of us. I had a pathway. If someone spoke it to me a certain way, someone spoke to me, if they spoke to me a certain way, I never yelled. I've never yelled. I know how to talk and I know how to fight. And I do both of them very well. And so the moment someone yelled at me, I was a pathway. I would never let anyone get two feet close to me with aggression. They would get popped in the mouth. I'm just being—I'm being honest. That's what would happen. And I always look at scripture like "turn the other cheek." Why? Because I was walking in the flesh. Turn the other cheek. And I said, Lord, how is it that you? be the son of God you can be up on a cross and you can say God bring down my angels and smite them but instead of doing that you say God forgive them I need to create new pathways so I'm happy to say like that I forgive you I love you you're not doing anything to me Doing it to yourself, you're hurting yourself, right? Like, and so each and every one of us has certain pathways here. Certain neurological pathways. You know what the Bible calls them? The Bible calls them strongholds. That's what the Bible calls them. And in the Greek, what the, what the stronghold is, it's an impenetrable force. It's 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 literally a system of thought that it's empowered by an emotion. That's, that's what it means in the Greek. Like it's, it's a, what Paul was trying to say is it is a system of thought. So this is a wall. This is an impenetrable wall. Watch this. Help me, Lord, help me. That what was once meant to protect you has now become your prison. That's what a stronghold is. I, I used it one time to protect me. This is what I needed to protect myself because you're not gonna hurt me, you're not gonna offend me, or or I'm independent, or 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 or, or I'm insecure, and so I need to have this stronghold up. Why? Because I'm protecting myself. But now, it's become my. Don't worry, I'm not gonna spit on you, beautiful. <laughs> What's she saying? We can make a joke in the middle of an intimate moment, right? Amen. What, was, what, what I once used to protect me has now become my prison. What I once used as my defense has now become my detriment. once used to keep people from hurting me has now become, has become what is self-sabotaging. That is a stronghold, my friends. This may not be the most hallelujah, hara message, but let me tell you, it can transform your life. And there's some strongholds that we have. Here's what we're doing. I'm not going to even talk about all of them. Let's just deal with one. Right now, each and every one of us, you have that one wall that you know is there. For me, it was a lack of respect. If you disrespected me, the wall went up. The Bible says, can we put that scripture up, 2 Corinthians chapter 10? For though we walk in the flesh we not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of the flesh. But they are mighty in God. For the pulling down, that word pulling down in the original language is demolish strongholds. So right there where you are, close your eyes. Bow your heads. And think about that one thing area. You know what I'm talking about. That one area. Some of us is anger. Just think about one. The one that right now is is doing the most damage. That one. Just think about that. Just take 10 seconds right now. Think about it right now. Think about what you're thinking about. Think about your stronghold for a moment. And I wrote this prayer, and I want us to pray it together. If you're here today, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your love and your Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of me. I confess that I've given access to the enemy through my flesh. Today, I take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, I want you to see that wall coming down right now. That stronghold is coming down. Come on, that abuse that put a stronghold in your life, sexual molestation, brought a stronghold to protect you now it's become your prison that prison is coming down it's coming down it's coming down it's coming down you're never going to hurt me again that's coming down independence is coming down insecurity is coming down anger is coming down that stronghold is coming down pride is coming down anxiety is coming down repeat this after me say i renounce every pathway I've created through walking in the flesh, and I declare through your spirit, new pathways are created. I declare every stronghold, now say that stronghold right now, just say it right there where you're at, is demolished right now, and today I break every stronghold The enemy has placed in my mind, in the name of Jesus, amen, and amen, and amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise in this house. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhowcom slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.